0: You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're you're the Tommy McNamara
1: of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you.
0: And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least
1: expect it. From the kickoff to the shoot. and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me today, Harrison Highlife Crow, and Kieran, the kingmaker, Doyle. How you guys doing?
2: Highlife. Highlife's an improvement. That's better than Hacksaw. You like that that's, one?
1: I feel like, that's a, I feel like that's a little bit of an upgrade. Yeah. What did we, what did we say last week that didn't work? Hacksaw. Hacksaw no, yeah. that was like week one. Did I say like Hawkeye? I don't know. It's got to start with an H, is why I'm like always having the trouble. But like, what? It, it, yeah.
2: Could be high, life. Ha- could be high Hawke- life. No, Hawkeye and Hawkeye was a baseball announcer. That's why it didn't work.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right. Hacksaw, hacksaw is what I call them. Yeah, Harrison hacksaw No, yeah, high Life's pretty good. High life is better. Harrison's kind of a high life guy, you know. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, He's yeah, the I don't of people. I don't.
0: Uh, now I'm liking it less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you keep reutilizing like Miller life, like type, yeah, uh, thing, and yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I want like to like it. I want to like it
1: because you made it for me and that makes it feel special. Wow. I feel like, uh, I'm sure my niece feels when I thank her for her pictures of me. Like, Oh, terrible picture.
2: I me. will say on, on the NWSL pod, I was really tempted to call myself Kieran, the kingmaker. <laughs>
0: <Kingmaker-doll. laughs> <laughs> you should have, it would have been a nice little, like a nice little, you know, Joke that we would have all gotten. Continuity. Crossover
1: crossover branding, the the crossover event. Uh, By the way, great podcast on that, Karen. That was great. Uh, I I hope everybody that listens to this, listen to that uh, if you have an interest in NWSL, uh, because it was good and we want to see them make more and perhaps they will. And uh, yeah, it was a space. Very exciting. Very exciting. I can
2: can drop a spoiler. I think it will return in the future, potentially at the five game mark
1: wow that'd be fantastic dropped a release date and everything street date love it
0: this weekend's games were really enjoyable too i mean (laughs) i i i watched uh i watched the ol rain and uh that was enjoyable uh kind of but not really
1: if you like the ol rain i can't imagine it was super enjoyable
0: it was it was enjoyable because i thought it was uh stylistically really fun Mm -hmm. um and it's a little it's 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 different rooting for a team that has different tactics, right? They have a just a different uh, progression uh, tempo than what the Sounders do, and I, from that perspective, uh, I enjoyed it. But yeah, it sucked losing. But beside that, it was uh, um, it
2: was a very preseason-y week of games. There were a lot of a lot of interesting tactical choices and a lot of chaos and not a not a ton of great soccer, but. Much like MLS, NWSL is very much a vibes-based league.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. A vibes-based league? I feel like every league is getting to be vibes-based now. I'm into it. It should just all be vibes. Um,
0: what about Major League
1: Soccer? Did you guys see any, any exciting games this this last week that you were like, wow, that is something I want to talk about in front of a couple hundred listeners?
2: I saw uh, something I don't want to talk about, which is oh. intentional back to defenders or to strikers from teams playing St. Louis
0: <laughs> for like the third week in a row. Is that what this
1: is? I, I the fourth.
2: I, 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 now it's not a real thing. I now it's happening more and I'm getting annoyed more. It's not a real thing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you make your own luck, Karen. That's what I've been told a number of times on Twitter this week. Um, <laughs> And last week, and the week before that, and also the week before that. So uh, you know, I'm starting to wonder if maybe you do, in fact, make your own luck. And uh, well, what you got to understand, what St. Louis is doing that no team does is they're they're utilizing this tactic called a press.
0: Have you? Is this a new thing? Is this something it's that we haven't?
1: It, we've never seen it in MLS before, right? It's brand new. It's brand yeah. new. I heard they did it in like Turkey or something once. I don't know. But the it's Bundesliga defense. No,
2: that but way. Way. no, Bundesliga like two, only Bundesliga like two. <laughs> Not Bundesliga
1: like one. <laughs> Bundesliga <like> two. <laughs> you always sitting on my water. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, we love St. Louis here. We're, we, we root for them to continue uh, their uh, improbable form, um, and it would be kind of fun to see them handily win a game without being handed a goal by a defender, just so we can stop having this narrative discussion every single week. But. Uh, you don't see Joey Klaus complaining. I'll tell you that right now. Joey uh, Klaus is—I uh, like that guy, guys. I really like him.
0: You know, you know who has more expected goals than than Klaus? Uh, is it nobody? Probably Brandon, Jordan Morris.
1: Brandon Vasquez. Brandon Vasquez. Well, we'll get to Brandon Vasquez here in uh, just just, a few minutes. Just, just
0: kind of sliding that in there. We're going to discuss gonna that. here, today. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. I think it was a uh, a very. It was, like, it was it was not as like like the week before that was very chaotic, very just crazy with many goals and and, and bangers. But we had some like bizarre results here. Like Columbus, you know, um, we kind of said they weren't super great, and uh, they beat Atlanta, a team we would have said was pretty great. Uh, you know 66-1. yeah, but
2: you know what we did say? We did, did say, we say get get that bum Kucho out and play Jason That's right. Russell
0: Rowe. <laughs> That's, That's and, and,
2: and and you know what happened. Jason Russell so. Rowe
0: played.
1: Yeah, well, there you go.
0: But Doyle Maybe. actually pointed it out. Uh, he's he's he was the first. Uh, he was the first uh, petitioner. Yeah, I just jumped Maybe. on the bandwagon. I I'm Maybe. gonna I'm in agreeance. We're we're simpatico on this topic. Maybe Harrison's
1: the kingmaker. I am not. No, making Columbus the king.
0: Yeah, that was a
1: surprising result. And the, you know obviously Atlanta was missing like six starters, but so was Columbus, and uh, yeah. Uh, LA kind of did not really make us look too foolish though I think they kind of did about what we yeah (laughs) they were
2: fine they were fine fine, like pretty comfortably on top against Portland and missing Yoli missing Chicharito's hard Portland were like the vibes are bad
1: it's not a good scene over there in Portland hasn't been a good scene in Portland for several years Um,
2: the, the vibes are like their best goalkeeper is like, I'm fine. I can totally play
0: and isn't in the spot <laughs> every week. And do then there's, do it, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and not only that, but it's not even that he said that I'm good. I'm good to play. It's that if you hear anything else, it's a lie. And ending yeah, it in, the, ending, in the, that paragraph and ending it like that definitely puts like, <laughs> you might hear something different.
1: So I always wonder about this with players that, that do this because It strikes me as odd because it feels like a lot of times coaches do this injury thing to kind of cover up some just like, that guy's got a bad attitude or like, you know, he's got a personal problem I don't really want, or he hasn't been very good. And I don't want to come out and say that sort of thing. Um, But then – Sometimes they just take that cover and just like, like, this is the same thing with Geo, right? Like, or it was just like, you, you got that injury cover and then they come out and go like, I'm not injured. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like Okay, well then why aren't you starting? Like, that, that's a question that needs to be answered. Uh, and it's usually, usually doesn't favor the player. So I, I don't really know what you do with that. I don't really know what the, the stratagem there is from from uh, Ivacic, but, um, you know, they could probably use a better goalkeeper.
2: Well, and and Bingham's injured now, like he went down and we got a player in that at the end of the game. So like maybe he comes back and plays and they're like, oh, he's fine now. And to be fair, like there are certain circumstances where like there's a level of injury where if you're the best player on a team and I love you and I want you to play every game, you're not injured. (laughs) Right, <laughs> but if you're but if you're like a sub number seventeen, it's like yeah, take the week off, whatever. <laughs> but dude, like Ivashuk was, was kind kind of the injured. best player on that team last year. No, <laughs> he was he was great, and they gave him a huge extension. Yeah, like it, it actually doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, can we talk about Brugman for a second? Because he's now tied for the leader in G plus, and he's fast becoming somebody that I think could honestly be an MVP candidate in this league.
2: They'd have to be better. I, yeah. I I back it, but they'd have to be like winning the league.
1: Good, I think. What was the last MVP on a bad team? Ooh. Uh... Yeah, but, you know,
0: okay, 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 okay. Hold up. LA Galaxy, we both said, we, we all said was a team that probably wasn't getting that, wasn't going to get necessarily better in, in terms of talent, but necessarily mm. wasn't a bad team. They're a playoff team. They're still a playoff team, right?
2: For I sure, mean, potentially.
0: For sure. I I think
2: so, but I don't think the only time we've ever seen a D mid get close, like actually pick up MVP votes, was Bradley with TFC in twenty seventeen. What about
0: what, what about Jao Paulo? Did he get an MVP vote? I, I felt like he did. Am I wrong? Am I off? <laughs> the the, yeah, the yeah. last MVP vote.
2: It's, it's it's possible, but the last D mid that I remember getting like actual. Buzz was Bradley in 2017 because he was like crazy. He was like one of the league leaders in G+. He destroyed all the passing metrics. He played almost every minute, and TFC set mm-hmm. the points record. Aside General. from that, I feel, I feel like there's enough. Like right now, I look at him and it's like, Almada's going to win the MVP no matter what happens with Atlanta because –
1: yeah, he's just got the narrative on his side. Unless yes. he leaves in the summer.
2: But we are admittedly five games into the season and predicting MVP with 29 games left is fine. I just,
0: I, I see he's an MVP caliber type player. That's, uh, I'm. He's great. He just continues to show every week how good he is on a very lost team. And it blows me out of the water that they somehow stumbled across a player through no, no means of their own by no means of their own through <laughs> right. no analytical no uh, it was purely and they found this diamond and went, it's going to went. be it's going to be a while till people pick up on it
1: they went back to the three car money table enough times that it just like eventually one of them had to <laughs> yeah, had to come good like they just kept kept buying scratch tickets and wouldn't you know it one of them kind of popped in there um gosh all right but who was the last mvp on a bad team i don't think it's ever happened
2: a bad, like well, what's bad team? Like not playoff team? Because I think uh, not playoff team is never. I happened. mean, I think
1: even in like the top like I'm going through right now. I mean, you've got Mukhtar was Nashville was like a top kind of team, like Gill for New England, that was a good team. Pozuela was Toronto good in twenty twenty. They were like second in twenty twenty, weren't they?
2: Uh yeah, and we made a most cup final that year, I think. That's right. It's going to you know? be Mike McGee, just like every other MVP question.
1: Yeah, Javinco Keane, McGee, Wondolowski, Rosario. I mean, we're back into like 2010 here. And I, I'm going to stop counting. At yeah, point.
2: surely some of these teams were not that good.
1: Yeah, they have to be, you know. Like Amado Guevara, you know, right? Uh, that's a throwback. Wow. Um, Taylor Twelman. I don't know. That team was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, all this those is, teams th- are this very is,
2: This is a very niche aside. I used to play FIFA on my PlayStation Portable, and every career mode I did was with the New England Revolution because I really liked Matt Reese, and I really liked Taylor Twellman in, like, 2005, probably.
1: There you go. Such so a sad good story. Back when FIFA was fun. Those were the days. Um, well, the team we're going to be talking about this week are Deep Dive. Trademark uh, is uh, from the Wheel of Fandom. Uh, Foosball Club Cincinnati, the Knifey Lions, um, the uh, the Midwest Milan. Uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's um, a good Knifey, one. I like that. The Knifey Lions. Okay. <laughs> I've heard them called the Knifey Lions. Uh, you know, you look at their crest, I guess there's like a lion and he's, he's got a knife. So, you know, the one thing tougher than the Lions <laughs> Line, line with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Elden Ring enemy or something. <laughs> I think I think I fought those in Elden Ring, and they were pretty tough. I
2: believe uh,
1: you. Yeah, so uh, let's kind of do a quick little uh, history lesson on uh, Football Club Cincinnati. Uh, maybe the worst organization we'd had in Major League Soccer. Uh, since like Chivas USA days, like they were kind of rivaling Chivas USA for like the most wooden spoony of of wooden spoon teams. Uh, just a punchline, a joke, a uh, you know, just a full on banter team. Just just it was chaos. It was changing GMs, changing managers all the time. I think uh, that one guy, like Demir, uh, was like interim manager like three different times which is really weird. And uh, they clean house, uh, brought in Chris Albright, brought in Pat Noonan. And all of a sudden last year, this is a really good team. And that has continued into 2023. Uh, It's pretty remarkable. You don't really see a lot of like just big one season flips like that.
2: Yeah, I mean... I cannot think of a club who turned around <clears throat> their whole organization as quickly as they did. Like maybe THC, like, like 2014-ish, but even that was like a two-year process.
1: I guess New England kind of did too, didn't they? Because they went from Friedel and that whole mess to... New,
2: New England's hard because like, they were good before that, though. So it's like, was it just a stinky coach and a bad roster?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Not only that, but they didn't have nearly the the amount of pieces to overhaul, right? As as Karen was just alluding to, it, they're they were a bad team, but they were a bad team with good pieces. So it's a little bit hard, it, harder to tell.
2: I do think that they've been like a pretty useful. This is going to sound so terrible, but they've been a pretty useful like anti template for the teams that have come since them, where they like kept the same coach, like Alan Koch was the coach. And, like, I don't know if you have checked in on Alan Koch recently, but he is coaching, like, an amateur team in New Zealand right now. Um, wow. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, Canadian guys that, like, should be playing men's league with me that are hanging on to the last dregs of their career playing for his club in New Zealand. Um, wow, that's very, very punchy. Um, <laughs> but, 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 even, but even aside from that, like, they were very... They very much hung on to like FC Cincinnati before MLS. And it's really good to do those things culturally. Like I think you compare to St. Louis who have like St. Louis has a terrific soccer culture before MLS that they have really, really tapped into. And Cincinnati tapped into that, but they were like, yeah, we're going to bring a bunch of these players too," like Corbin bone. Come on, man. It's like, no, like all these players are terrible.
0: Get Corbin um, Bone's mouth out, name out of your mouth. That was that was that was a name. cheap shot, sir. That was a cheap uh, elite, shot.
2: Elite name, but like, do they have a single player from their first season on their roster still?
1: Nick Actually, Hegwin. they have one. They have one. Yeah, is Nick it Hegwin. Kubo? Is Kubo was he their first year? Kubo, Kubo. I think he came in the summer their first year. Maybe yeah, not many maybe. either way. He's still a designated player, isn't he? Uh, I
0: tell I, do, I don't think so. Maybe. But I don't think uh, so. Well, according to
1: this roster, he is, I, which is crazy. Because wow. uh, imagine if they figured out how to use that spot a little bit better. Yeah, since been, it says he still takes up an international and a DP slot. That is. Uh, well, I'll say that, they, is, they that have, is impressive.
2: They have been very smart with using the various roster mm. mechanisms. Like Brenner has hit like just about as well as you can ask for one of those signings. Brandon Vasquez was like pick not the scrap heap because everybody was like, this guy's good. Why not why aren't Atlanta playing him? But like that's a great get. Nobuoto had like crazy ball winning numbers in Turkey and everybody was like, oh this guy's interesting and he's the exact same here. Yeah. Um and even like weirder ones after that, like Matt Miazga was like a buyout from Chelsea that they're like, yeah, we're gonna wait until the last possible second on the allocation order. We're going to make TFC trade us number two so they can pick up Richie Larea because we're going to tell them we're going to file the paperwork at the last possible second so they can't get him. And then we're just going to get Miazga. They have Yerson Mascara on loan from Wolves, who's like this Colombian center back who didn't get a loan deal done in time in Europe, but the MLS window is still open. So as soon as the European window closed, they were like, Hey, those loan guys, you eat all the wages We'll take him. And it's like, yeah. that's just smart.
1: And uh, what's his face? The Bariel has been one of the better, like, uh, under 22 initiative guys. I love Bariel.
2: He is he like. Is.
1: He so He really fun. went.
0: He went I from having the technical nothing, term is that,
1: that he, he can ball. Oh, for sure. But he kind of
0: went from a guy that could just ball To with really no discernible like mission on the field, right? He wasn't, uh, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to put in that last pass before goal, but he's also not a guy that's going to score you goals. So trying to like figure out where to put him out in the attacking third was difficult. And that transition to the left wing back has been such a great gamble for them.
2: He, he, those are some of my favorite players to find are like the guy who isn't in the right role for him and it's like okay you might like you tweak to a back three and it's like this winger who doesn't score goals and like maybe isn't the best defensively now he's a wing back like uh, there's I don't know TFC have done this with like 12 guys in a row at left wing back but there's (laughs) there's so much there's so much fun when you find those players and Mm -hmm. I think like them playing in a three in the way they play is so smart for the talent they have And it's so – there aren't many teams in MLS who play like them at all. Like, the number of teams who play a three now is going down, even though for a while it looked like everyone was going to start playing three. But, like, they have a a proper, like, old-school strike duo. Like, it's – bring me back to, like, York and Cole from Manchester United in 1997. Like, Mm. you have the big guy who's going to rustle everyone's jimmies, and then you have the smaller guy who's fast. But the big guy is also really fast, so you can play in transition all the time. And then you have like the really, really fun 10 who's going to knit things together and play everything behind them. They're just like, and Barial is like always the third runner, which is we talked about this with the Galaxy. But when you play a three, it is crucially important that you have to have a third runner to join the attacking group. And sometimes that's a wing back. In this case, it's Barrial, but it's very hard to do that. And so they have done a very good job of getting that out of him.
1: I wish more teams played by two strikers still.
2: It's fun to watch. Like, TFC under Altidore and Giovinco was, like, the most fun. It was the most fun to watch. Even if it's, like, suboptimal because you don't have width. Who cares? Like, yeah. two strikers are fun. It's They're so close together. And if you have two good ones who play well together, it is super fun to watch.
1: Oba and Clint? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and you think about, like, that was it brings about that whole like fun bit of like imagining strike partnerships, like in your head together. And now like no one really does that because they don't, they don't really exist. And you also kind of lost that shadow striker role a lot too, which we kind of harped on a little bit back. And we talked about the galaxy and trying to find Efren for as a position. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it Cole and York. That's a, that's a good throwback. That's a, <laughs> I can kind of see where you're coming from on that one though. Um, I think, uh, I don't know what. What do you think has like changed with Brenner, kind of going from this guy that seemed like, ooh, I don't know, uh, he mm, and he didn't really seem to want to be here, and like he didn't really seem to like fit anywhere, and he he wasn't producing much, and then now you look at this guy and it's like this is an elite MLS striker. Like, was this a tactics thing? Did he just get mature? Like, like what do you think happened there?
2: I think some of it's just like a rising tide raises all boats kind of thing. Like even even his first year, like he put up something like nine non-penalty expected goals in 30 nineties, which is like not high, but since you were terrible that year, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you put up like one, every three, you take pens, like there's something there. And then he explodes last year and like that's his two seasons. So it's like, maybe it's just the team quality turning around thing. I think I've been quite impressed that they have managed to keep him reasonably focused after his deadline day move collapsed. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's kind of a thing that's very unique to the feeder leagues where like if MLS is a feeder league selling up generally, it's very very difficult I think to be like I know you really want to go now and I know it almost got done but like hang tight, kill it till the summer and the move will come then. Yeah. Or hang tight, kill it till December, and the move will come then.
1: So this brings about an awkward question for Cincinnati. I you know, Brenner obviously is going to be on teams radars for this summer. Vasquez is obviously going to be on radars, you know team's radars for this summer. Uh, I could see a, a world in which both those players are moved on. Um, you know, and then like that, that's hard to replace uh, to try to find two guys that can kind of be that those two archetypes again, like with that kind of quality.
0: Yeah, but do they need to find two? I think that's the question, right? With the way that Acosta plays, he could definitely play underneath, and they could shift that roster a little bit to be a little something different. I think that that's one of the things that uh, Kieran already touched on, is that they're, they play excellent for the roster they have now and they, they have their tactics designed what they have. You know, you have Sergio Santos on the bench, which let's just pause and just say what an amazing stroke of luck that was to get him from Philadelphia and then Mm. get him locked up for, you know, the conceivable future. That is their plan B right there is Sergio Santos and Mm. Luciano Acosta is 28 years old, 28 years old. Both of those guys are in their late twenties, they're going to be around and really good for another couple years. That's, that's, that's plan B right there. And that's, that's if you don't have somebody come sailing in for, for your prize attackers right now, that's plan B. That's a pretty good plan B personally. And I think you just shift your, your tactics just a little bit. Um, I think you can still get the majority of this team to function the way it should. Um, And still be a high-octane, you know, uh, I guess Red Bull-esque type, uh, you know, high-pressing, high-functioning, you know, team.
2: I don't know. I I think if one of the two strikers goes, I think that's a pretty hard cap on your ceiling. What will be interesting to me is where they are when the summer window opens. Because I think we've seen with, like, Atlanta did this where... Like Almiron could have gone in the summer and didn't. Like he waited until the season was over. They won MLS Cup and then he left. So I wonder if if like right now they're second in the East. If like July 1st, Cincinnati are top of the league, top of the East by four points and they've got the best goal difference and Brenner and Brenna Vasquez have 20 goals between them. Do they, like, are they a minimal to be like, Hey, we'll take a haircut on the fee. Like instead of selling you for twenty-five million combined or whatever, we'll we'll take a little bit of a hit. And if you want to go in January, you can go in January. But let's go win. Let's go win the league. So that I think is interesting to me. We I was talking to our friend Nate Gilman, uh, who is a terrific follow. I think his Twitter is Gilman, If that's correct, right. yep. yep, yep, yep. But great person to talk to, and he was saying that it's it's so great to watch those two play together. But when those two aren't cooking and, and when Acosta isn't cooking, like there's a little bit of concern from kind of the rest of the team to make things happen. If you don't have two or three excellent excellent players up top, is there enough ball progression to get the ball forward? Is there enough juice to create things without that? That hub up top,
1: I do think like Harrison's I mean like it, I did forget about Santos entirely like that that's a great guy to have you know kind of on the bench to be sure um, you know and I think do you think Acosta I mean I think he's probably at this point an MLS lifer
2: yeah once that once that that fabled PSG move. <laughs>
1: Fell apart. I Speaking think, of deadline day frustration.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe
1: the worst story I've ever heard.
2: Yeah. And I think that's, that's, yeah, I would, I would expect he's, he's there. However, since you have done a pretty good job like finding targets, like I would be shocked if, whatever, if July first came and Brenner was like, no, I'm out. Like Brennan Vasquez, I think, will stay. Like I don't think he quite has the Euro interest yet, where like Brenner very much does. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah like and mean, especially because Vasquez, when, like one's Brazilian been, and
1: one's American. Like, there yeah,
2: you know. and and Vasquez <laughs> hasn't really been called into the national team with any real, like, not a lot. So I don't, I like that one. I think you're probably safe on, and I don't think any of the Mexican teams are going to pay the fee. Like, I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, um, and like maybe Santos is enough that you can like fade it. But I also think like you have a lot of PKH players. You you have some young players too, but like Acosta's is twenty eight; he's not twenty five. Like there is some win now pressure that I would be pretty curious to see. Okay, if Brenner went, and all of a sudden you have like a twelve million dollar paycheck in your pocket,
0: like who are you gonna go get? Should somebody to help on right back. Hmm.
2: I don't know. You think so? I think like Gattis I, I, is
0: fine. I Gattis is fine, and they have a. You know they have a, a nice young right back that's they're they're developing there in Aries, but at the same time, I, if you can just skip fine and developing and go straight to, I need a ch- I need a championship quality uh, well, right back right now. I mean, why not? Well, I'll, you say,
2: know? I'll say I'll say Aries is is like thirty and played in the Champions League, so he'll be fine.
0: Oh, yeah! But, I, but, I, I was thinking it was somebody. I I got him confused with somebody else. So. That's okay.
2: But but he ha- <laughs> but but he has been like, he played a little bit of midfield as well on the weekend, so it's like, it's okay. But but I do think I do think there are like, legit. My question really is like, do you go splurge it, at Atlanta United style, where you replace one expensive South American attacker with another, or do you like address that your roster is very good? but is kind of thin. Like in midfield, you have a lot of guys like Malik Pinto played his first ever MLS game on the weekend against Nashville and looked admittedly quite composed, but like before he played, everybody was like, we do not have enough depth that this kid is playing right now.
1: in midfield." Mm-hmm. I think there's, um, one of the, like, I think the things that since he's done really well, Well, I, I think, you know, the obvious, like the strikers as we've been talking about, but, uh, this kid Celentano has been really good. Like, they had a lot of goalkeeper troubles, and they thought they'd fix them by bringing in Vermeer for some reason. Um, and also, I think just like looking at these defenders. Right now, Alex like Alex Khan as well. Yeah, and like looking at just this collection of defenders, like, this is a solid collection of center backs they've got with Haglin, Miazga, Mosquera, um, you know, Barrello, obviously, and, and Goddess out in the wings. Like, I, they, I don't think they that also- could be... They also have yeah, Ian
0: Murphy that they that they picked yeah. up from the draft last year, who is a high level, you know, uh, maybe he's not ready to start, but he's uh, definitely a really decent backup, right? Yeah, uh, he played a lot of games for them last year. Yeah, very solid.
2: Yeah, they're they're uh, like I think there's room for growth in their depth. I think they're in a much better place than they were, and I do think they're at the place now where it's like it's not squad overhaul, it's squad edition. That's fair. Um, and they're like, they've been backed in terms of spending. Like Brenner was like $8 million, $9 million to buy. Mm-hmm. I think. So it's not like like the money is there if they want to go spend it. I love that you brought up Celentano, by the way. Celentano and Schulte both came through same draft year. Schulte played for Columbus this week against Atlanta. Both Celentano went straight into the first team because he was just straight up better than Teton and Vermeer and they needed it. And Shelty is hopefully going to rise at the next pro for Columbus. But I think this is a thing that, other than, other than Cincinnati, but like there are teams in MLS who are playing veteran goalkeepers who make them lose every week.
1: Mm, and every yeah.
2: year coming out of the draft, there are goalkeepers who come out first round, second round, third round, who are significantly better than the veteran goalkeepers they are, play,
1: they are playing. So, well, you know, the, the veteran leadership, though.
2: Karen. A yeah, you, gotta, is you gotta know how
1: to command a box I don't yeah. know. A They're, they're leading
2: defense. the ball Into their net Yes
1: so. <laughs> we, we won't name names But I like, think we can all think of a few the, um, it's well, true. Hey, One, one right. of them
2: conceded six goals This weekend, that's all I have to say
1: You don't actually see like a ton Of Eh, throw them out there with goalkeepers. Like, you, they, teams are really hesitant to kind of like experiment with that position. Like, even if a, a goalkeeper has to be doing just so terribly to get, or the they have to be at the bottom of the barrel with injuries. the, yeah.
0: the, the downside it's usually, is like quite a goalkeeper
1: high. gets injured, like a veteran goalkeeper gets injured. They bring in the backup who's younger usually, and then they figure out that oh, he was actually better the whole time, and then that's just his job now until he gets injured. And the next guy steps in. Um, that's how Portland goalkeepers went for like eight years. And uh, yeah, it it is interesting though, because you never really just kind of look at your goalkeeper and go, okay, well let's, let's, let's uh," like, I see teams throw on like young midfielders, young attackers all the time. But like, it seems like with defenders and and, and goalkeepers, like that's just kind of like, "Mm -mm, no, we're not going to, we're not going to risk that.
2: Goalkeepers. I think are like maybe other than center backs are like the last place that like, it's still just vibes and feelings on talent evaluation. Like it is yeah. very much, I mean, you can like look at goalkeeper analysis on TV and like, you might get lucky and like, you might have one clever person who's going to talk about technique. But for the most point, it's like, or for the most part, it's some old person being like, oh, he should have done better there. And it's like, yeah. no, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and so I think when you, you have to think like for coaches, a lot of it with goalkeepers is like, how much do you trust them? like how safe do they make you feel which is not <laughs> it's, it's, it's not exactly. like a quanti- it's not a quantifiable thing but it is a thing like you have watched goalkeepers and like the ball comes into the box and you're like get back on your line please <laughs>
1: yeah, and then but do then, do? then there's
2: goalkeepers and you're like oh Matt Turner is going to come claim this or George Petrovich is is going to save this free kick or whatever
0: these guys I don't. I still don't feel like we value what uh, shot blocking and shot stopping the way that we should. I feel like that's just one aspect. Instead of saying, "Well, that's seventy percent of it."
2: Well, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to me that like goalkeeper actually is like admittedly quite noisy season to season. Yes, agreed. But like, if you find a goalkeeper, say Matt Turner, who you look and over three seasons he's saving you like. Five goals above expected, ten goals above expected, and eight goals above expected. You're like, okay, this guy's pretty good. Like five goals in the Premier League is twelve is worth like twelve to fifteen million dollars. Like that's a no brainer that you should just buy this guy and play him. So yeah. to me, like when I look, I, so we always like we always kind of roast like when MLS teams get DP goalies, and mostly because the DP goalies have all sucked. But like, <laughs> if if New England were like tomorrow, we're like Georgia Petrovic, Here's a DP contract. where We're gonna pay you five million dollars a year, and you're never leaving. He would be the best DP in the whole league.
1: I would other just go other like other I know. than like, maybe yep. Mukhtar. Yeah, you would really just have to go like. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we every time we I, I know that they don't go one to one always. Because there's obviously a lot of difference and it, it makes it very complicated because it's just how different the kind of roles are. But when we look at like actual goals out and when we look at these formulas and we try to devise these, like we see that goalkeepers are like many times the most valuable players on the pitch. like they make the most difference in like what actually happens and like the results and because you know they're directly responsible for, you know, let keeping the other guys from scoring, right? like it, it's uh, it's a very strange position in that way and that like we go, well, we know that they're important and we can see that they're important, but we don't really know how to describe it super well. And also, we're mostly just kind of basing it on, like Karen said, like who makes us feel the best and the feel the safest.
0: Who has excellent uh, peanut butter chocolate chip cookie recipe?
1: There you go. Comfort, the comfort of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and to be and to be clear, before Cincinnati fans turn around, and they're like, they said Sullivan is the best goalie in the league. Sullivan is like probably average, which like average at twenty two is good. Like being average at twenty two, it means you're probably quite a good goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, but it was he, such a big step up from there. Like very this, very below this is average
2: goalkeeper. Is <laughs> he is average compared to Teton and Vermeer, who were a car crash.
0: Well, and that's that's almost identical to like what we talked about last week with LA Galaxy, right? If you just put an average goalkeeper in there it, it, between the pipes, like how much better are they as a team, right? They probably get substantially better just because you're not letting loose maybe one or two extra goals over the course of you know three or four games.
1: Yeah, I have to concur with that. Um, so what about... Prediction-wise, like where do you see this FC Cincinnati team kind of finishing out this year? Like they're off to a great start. Um, you know, you look at their um, look at their XGD. You know, they're they're kind of in the top half here. They're getting results. You know, they played Seattle really well. Um, is this a team that you really think is going to be like in that spot, like you were talking about, Karen? Like top of the table? Like let's play for this championship.
2: If Brenner and Vasquez stay, and as long as Acosta doesn't get hurt, like as long as okay. that triangle is able to play two thirds of the available minutes, I'll say seventy percent. I think they are a legitimate competitor for the shield. Maybe not the shield because I don't know if Seattle, like I don't know if Seattle LAFC run away with it on that side. But I think they're certainly a legitimate competitor to win the
1: East or, or St. Louis apparently.
2: No. Um, but I, but I think they're I think they're there or thereabouts as like one of the best teams in the league. If we're talking about kind of the inner circle of like, they could win a MLS Cup if whatever. Like yeah, if you said Cincinnati won a MLS Cup, I would not be surprised. I again, I have like some minor concerns about the depth in midfield specifically. That's I fair. think they are. Still, like I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they keep their roster together through the whole season. But I also think there's the chance they add talent in the summer to push them even further along to being a favorite. So, I, if I was a Cincinnati fan, would be chuffed with how this season is going. Uh, a friend of mine from England has like randomly adopted them as his MLS team this year, um, kind of like halfway through last year actually. But they're his team now, and. So you'll just see like random tweets at one o'clock in the morning from him being like, Oh, and the water is so good. So it's quite funny, but I think he is enjoying (laughs) himself and I think Cincinnati fans are enjoying themselves.
1: You look at, um, you know, a guy we've kind of barely touched on. Um, I think compared to like his actual, um, output is, is Acosta and like what are incredible pickup that was like if you look at xg plus xa like totals just flat totals over the last three seasons like only Mukhtar and castellanos and gazdag are above him like he's been so so important to that team um and i don't really know what happens like if he does get injured like like it, it it's hard obviously you're not gonna be able to replace him like precisely because you know it's really hard to get that good but like is there another like kind of cam guy on that team
2: Uh, that it does what he does? I don't think so. Like, yeah, I don't. I, I, they have other midfield bodies who are interesting. Yeah. Um, and, like, maybe if he goes down, you play Brenner, Vasquez, and Sergio Santos together. Yeah. Or you play Santos like and three Brenner three. off of Vasquez or something like yeah. that.
1: But I think, That's like,
2: true. in defense, not defense, because it's a hypothetical situation, Acosta has been, like, remarkably durable. Over his MLS career. Yeah. Like at DC he he played twenty four nineties, twenty seven nineties, thirty-one nineties, twenty-four nineties before being sold. And then at Cincy he's played thirty nineties and twenty-eight nineties. Which is like a huge for attacking players is very rare to play that yeah. much.
1: Especially for kind of like a more diminutive one too, and that kind of role that he he plays. Um
2: yeah, and he, he gets he gets himself a little like for uh, among attacking midfielders and wingers, he's like 80th percentile for like tackles and interceptions. I think so. Like he, like yeah. he gets himself about like he is not. He is a little bit the like prototypical MLS 2.010 who like everything flows through them, but mm-hmm. unlike a lot of those guys, like he actually does defend a decent amount.
1: Yeah, uh, Harrison, where do you see this team finishing? And it's uh, like uh, to me, it's a toss-up because I, I,
0: I don't think that they have, aside from Acosta, I don't think that they have that top-end talent. I think they're a very good t- team from one to eleven. I think they're above average at every spot on that field. I don't think they're necessarily great at any spot aside from Acosta, and so it's a little bit hard to see. Could I, kind of like what uh, Karen was saying, if you told me tomorrow, hey. Um, at the end of the season' see Cincinnati win MLS Cup I can totally believe that I can see that um, mm-hmm. yeah I, I think their depth kind of holds them back a little bit and I think once we get to the MLS Cup playoffs I think that could be exposed because that's such a short time frame and you kind of have to be on point with everything I don't think that they're going to be good enough uh, to win the Shield I don't think that they have that top-end talent to sustain, uh, to sustain the run and they've been very very good and I think they'll be very very good throughout the rest of the year I'm not sure I buy them as a Shield contender just yet but I think that that could be coming I think the this is a team that it's obviously building towards something.
1: Yeah. And just kind of how they handle this transition out of this? Like, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that Vasquez isn't going to be a lifer here and, and Brenner's definitely not going to be a lifer here. Um so like going forward, like how they kind of trans, you know, make that transition to whoever they can kind of fill that that spot in as well. And yeah, I, I, I have to
0: concur. I have a I have a quick question. So we threw out a couple names for young players last last week. I have a mm-hmm. question for Kieran Doyle. Uh, Sir, Archimedes Ordonez What do you think of him?
2: It's an elite name And I'm so happy (laughs) that we brought him up Because initially he was in a trivia question And I took him out because there was no way you were going to get it Um, (laughs) But yeah, elite name He scored against TFC2 last night So I'm quite sad Um, But it's it's a terrific name I believe they call him Kimi though Kimi okay all yeah. right like Q-U-I-M-I which is pretty cool that's like I think that's a really fun short form of Archimedes
1: yeah it's not fair that you have such a cool first name like Archimedes and then you also get a cool like uh nickname, a cool too. nickname <laughs> too oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like do you think do you think <laughs> I don't when have his any parents, good names
2: yeah do you think when his parents are upset they're like Archimedes, Archimedes like do you, like, do you yeah. think they don't call him Kimi when they're mad they call him the full Archimedes
1: Archimedes Raphael Kimi Zacharias or Donas. <laughs>
0: nice. it's, like, it it's like um, Esteban from um, <laughs> yes.
2: The Disney show
1: Yeah uh, Guys, you want to do some trivia? Yes, yes. Let's do okay. some trivia I feel like All this right. is Harrison's week I'm, 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 I'm not good at Cincinnati
2: I have confidence I, Look, I'm not going to lie to you The Cincinnati questions Cincinnati fans don't hate You do not have the storied history of the galaxy and the crew So it was a lot harder to find questions <laughs> um, so we've got six Cincinnati questions Ian, you remain on top So I will give you the board first Give
1: me number three
2: Alrighty uh, Number three Born in Cincinnati And attended Cincinnati-based Xavier University This player was selected 10th overall on the Super Draft Before winning an MLS Cup And returning to Cincy for their opening season He is now the club's all-time appearance leader
1: but He was... Oh, the USL, Cincy?
2: No. He was born... He's the MLS Cincinnati's all-time appearance leader.
1: Oh. Um, Would you like me to read it again? Yeah, I think I misunderstood all of that. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: so, so the player was born in Cincinnati. They attended Xavier, which is in Cincinnati. They were selected 10th in the Super Draft, won an MLS Cup for the team who drafted them, and then returned to Cincy for Cincinnati's opening MLS season. They are now the club's all-time MLS appearance leader.
1: Are they still there?
2: I cannot answer.
0: Just yeah. guess, so I can steal it. Go
1: ahead and steal it. Go ahead. Are you? Are you really even? No, no. Take you it. You got to throw a name
2: out. You got to throw a name out.
1: Throw a name out. Archimedes or Doniyes?
2: No, it's not Archimedes or Doniz.
0: Uh,
1: No, I don't know. I can't.
2: can't. Nick Haglund. It is Nick Haglund. Is it Haglund? It is Nick Haglund. Archimedes Argonios is also the only other player in the team from Cincinnati, which was uh, what the original. Okay, so
1: in my mind, yeah, I guess he was that first year. He did come back. I didn't know he was the first-round pick either.
2: He was drafted 10th by TFC, and Mm -hmm. they traded him back for their first season for an exorbitant gam haul. Yeah. Uh, Harrison up 1-0 taking a lead Maybe Ian's match fixing That's why he said you're
1: going to win He's got to bet on this for someone
0: <laughs> uh, Harrison what do you uh, yeah.
1: want uh, Old towel on the discord man We're, we're in on this which,
0: uh, which did you pick Ian? Which number? Three.
1: Uh, I did three You As you should Four
2: Okay uh, Oh nice one And a new question format We haven't done a question like this before So have your listening Uh-oh. ears on please So FCC head coach Pat Noonan had a storied career before he began his playing days. Uh, Before he began his coaching days, sorry. He appeared for five MLS clubs as well as a USL League 2 side called the Mid-Michigan Bucks and a Norwegian team I can't really say the name of. So what I want you to do is I want you to go back and forth until you cannot name one of the five MLS teams that Pat Noonan has played for. So for example – Austin didn't exist when Pat Noonan played. So if Harrison guessed Austin, he would be wrong and you would get the points, Ian. Um, but okay. if he got a team that was correct, he would then you would go and then you would go back and forth until all five are named. So Harrison, you have to go first because of your question. Can you name one of the five teams Pat Noonan played for in MLS? LA Galaxy. That is correct, Ian. There are four left.
1: New England Revolution.
2: That is correct, Harrison. There are three left.
1: Seattle Sounders.
2: Boom. There are two left. Columbus Crew. Oh, wow. Can we name all five? Harrison, no pressure. Houston Dynamo? That is incorrect. So, Ian, you are going to get one point. I will give you a second if you can name the 15.
1: I, I, I can't. <laughs> is it <all> RSL?
2: <laughs> no, it was the Colorado so. Rapids.
1: Colorado Rapids, okay. Oh. Yeah, he
2: played one season for them.
1: <clears throat> wow.
2: Wow, well done. Already, well, pulled it back one-to-one. One. Ian, you
1: are up. Number, what did Harrison say? Four. Four? I oh, was good. Okay, I'll do number one.
2: Number one. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati scouting network has spread far and wide across the globe since their inception with an interesting cast of international players. How many current nations as per their FB ref listed nationalities, the little flag next to their name, are represented on the current FCC roster. So this is our over-under question. Harrison, I need you to set the line in their squad of, whatever, 25 players. How many different nations are there? Ten. You know, you take it the over or the under?
1: I'm going to say
0: over... Yeah. And
2: you would be correct to take the over. It is twelve.
0: I was wow. going to set it at twelve. Ah, if you had that would have been a great 12. line. That
2: would have been a great yeah. line.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I stole this question from Cincinnati. I did not know this. It used to have a trivia game show where they would put two players in an ice bath, and if they got the question wrong, they had to dunk themselves in the ice bath. Also, this ice bath was filled with Coors Light.
1: <laughs> that would <was laughs> just so cold. <laughs> Just they delightfully
2: on brand, and the so mountains were blue on the camps.
1: I I presume Coors Light sponsored this this segment.
2: Yes, it was like the Coors Light chilled out or something like that. Wow, well that sounds fun. Go. Like yes. <laughs> Already, uh, Harrison, you are <laughs> up, and it is three to one for Mister. Yeah. Uh, Two, five, and six are available. Let's go with six. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from the dynamic duo of Kenneth Vermeer and Primis la titon for MLS Superdraft prospect Roman Celentano saw FCC's goals saved above expected improved by a whopping 12.8 from 2021 to 2022. Only two teams had a larger swing season to season between twenty one and twenty-two, but both were in the opposite direction. So going from good goalkeepers to bad goalkeepers, name both teams.
0: This past year?
2: 21 to 22.
0: Okay. Um, Goodness gracious. It's a tough one. It is. uh, Just kind of like working through it. I can – uh,
2: Give us your of, thinking. Give us your
0: thinking out loud. So uh, uh, initially I was thinking maybe the Sounders might be there because Stephen Fry was injured so much, but I don't think they were that bad. Um, That were that good and went to that bad. Colorado, no. RSL, Houston. LAFC, no. I think they... Generally, stayed about right where they're at. It has to be on the East Coast. Has to be somebody I'm not thinking of. Uh, Is it Toronto?
2: You have two teams to guess, and then I'll tell you if anyone. Okay,
0: all right, fair enough. Uh, I I will I will guess uh, Toronto and Columbus.
2: Neither of those are
1: correct. Ian, would you like to steal for one point apiece? Sure, I have no idea, Uh, but I will guess. Minnesota? Oh, that's a good guess.
2: That is not and correct. And Montreal? That is also not correct. You both <laughs> guessed two of the three Canadian teams, but you didn't guess Vancouver going from Crepeau to hassan Oh, that's oh, uh, yes. so yeah. That was, that was like a 16-goal swing.
1: That's a big loss. Uh, and yeah.
2: Atlanta was going from Brad Guzon to the mess of goalkeepers they played last year.
1: Wow, there you go. That was yeah, a tough one. Atlanta was what
0: I was looking for. That's what I was looking for.
2: All righty, we have two questions left. Ian, you are up, and you can choose between five and two. Give me five. All righty. (laughs) Five players registered the same or more tackles attempted as elite ball winner Obina Nobuodo in 2022, despite him only appearing in 2290s. Name any two of the five. As many tackles? Yeah, so he had, I think, 88 tackles in the whole season. Uh, n- only five players had—one player had the same, and four had more. Name any of those five.
1: Okay, one of them is going to be... Um, Yaimar?
2: Yaimar is close, but is not one of them. But I will allow you right. your second guess.
1: Okay, this is going to be one of those really wild ones, right? Like, um...
2: I'll say one of them is wild, but I think the other four are gettable.
1: Okay, I'm going to say Michael Bradley?
2: No. He does not defend anymore, unfortunately.
1: Okay, I can remember uh, just, <laughs> no. I, He did a I lot, Yeah, I just, I don't know, in my head, I was just like, he, I thought he just spammed a lot of, like, weird tackles, but yeah, no.
2: Harrison, you're up.
1: I feel like Diego Chara would be one person um, I would guess. Um,
0: okay. Okay. Is that not? It it, It is not. It is not one,
2: but it is a good guess. You're on the right track.
0: Um, Eli Sanchez doesn't tackle, but they have someone that does. Why can I not think of his name? He's really good. He was probably one of the best midfielders all of last year. That player. Um, I give up. This is not. This is hard. This is a lot harder. I have not thought about. This is a hard. This is a
2: hard day of, of trivia. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: It's it's just it's trying to think about who all w- who all defended really well. I shouldn't say defended really well, but won a lot of a lot of. A
2: defended lot of tackles. A, defended a lot is the maybe the better cue.
0: Yeah, the, there you go. The,
2: the yeah. league leader in tackles was Chicago center back Federico Navarro, who I can didn't I? even know. That's I wouldn't that's actually can, that,
1: that tracks for me. Can I have one more guess?
2: I, it doesn't have sure. to count for a point. Yes. I want
1: to just uh, Gregor. Yes, he is one of oh, them. Oh, the okay. white doe—that's your boy.
0: Yeah. So oh Gregor, yeah. Up, man. So
2: Gregor is one of them. Um, Claudio Bravo from Portland. Claudio Bravo. Oh, um, wow. Sean yeah, Tolkin never... from the Red Bull. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh, and Diego that's... and Diego
2: Palacios from LAFC. So lots of like there pressy pressy fullbacks is yeah. and DMS is kind of the theme on that one. Okay, tough, tough tough day for trivia, but Harrison, we go into the last question. Only Two. down three one. Let's do it. You have a chance. It's a it's a three point question, one point per answer. So you can run away with a win here. Um, as an aside, I did a podcast with Jamin before TFC Played San Jose, and he said that I am rigging the questions to make it so that the last question can make it as a tie, and I promise you I am not just always works out that way. <laughs> um, that's just,
1: like, that's just a great trauma. Like, of so course you should
2: do it. Right? Brennan Vasquez and Brenner were the joint top scorers for FCC in 2022 with 18 goals apiece. A huge improvement on previous seasons where no top scorer had more than eight goals. I want you to name each of those top scorers. I'm going to give you the goal totals, but I need the players. So... 2021 top. top score was eight. Twenty twenty top score was three. So a shortened season. Shortened season, keep oh, in mind. No. In
0: twenty nineteen
2: the top <laughs> score was seven.
0: Oh God. All right. All right. Uh this is this is doable, right? This is doable. Um with we seven.
2: Have, we have named two of the three players on the podcast today. We
1: have spoken about them. Pat Noonan. <laughs> so what, what, she, what? where do we want to start you, first? To start enough, s- I,
2: I won't even make you be specific about the years. You can just say the player.
0: All right. How about... Uh, <laughs> it was. It, it, here's a little help. It, it was not Nick Haglund. Um,
2: I'll, I'll give you that one. Nick Haglund was never the top scorer. <laughs> nice. All
0: right. So I know... Kenny Saif left early. They never scored. Wow, we are uh, really, we are going to go down the rabbit hole of some terrible players right now. <laughs> Kenny Saif wasn't terrible. I will argue forever. He was mis, He was misused. <laughs> don't don't let's let's not go. Alan Cruz.
2: That is one of them. Yes,
0: uh, and that's uh, the one we didn't what? say. <laughs> well done. I got, I got, I had that. I had the Costa Rican legend in my head. Uh,
2: he had seven in 2019. Yes, you are correct. Oh, that's more. just
0: 2019. I was hoping. To, I was hoping. Oh, it's
2: better. ones are more recent now. You can remember them.
0: Uh, yeah. No, so now I can remember them. Um, <laughs> was, Kubo, was Kubo? Is Kubo one of them Kubo? Kubo
1: was one of as well, Yes. There's two. He had three oh, goals in 20. On. Hold on, how many goals would Kubo have scored with a leading score? He scored three. In 2020. Come on, three.
2: In, in has <laughs> and Ian, I don't think it was a tie. I don't even think he tied with somebody else. Nobody scored. <laughs> 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 that was
0: that was the most
1: pathetic stat I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> three goals. <laughs> And he got it. Harrison got it. I'm curious. <laughs> uh, i was just trying to think of, like,
0: what names have we mentioned that are obscure enough for it to... Uh, I heard you go, go for the win, big man. Who the eight goals in 2021? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This is where I choke it at the finish line. I feel like I'm going to give this off to uh, to Ian. Uh Eight goals.
2: I'm gonna press you for time.
0: Is it Bre- It's is it Brenner?
2: Yes, it is Brenner. What a comeback! Unbelievable. You, you, <laughs> you deserve a round of applause.
1: I just got Saint Louis. I <laughs> You know what? You make your own luck,
0: Ian. Ah, Kumo with three <laughs> goals, and you've got it. Unbelievable.
1: I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> believe that,
0: Kumo. I just guessed it because you mentioned that
1: the, we had mentioned all of them, and that was the <sighs> only one I, oh, yeah, We said a wow. lot of players. That's well done. Oh, so that's, man. That's a, great, that's a great comeback. A well deserved <laughs> victory.
2: <laughs> okay, shall we spin the wheel of fandom to see who's oh, going to oh, get arrested? <laughs> we're
1: going to do, do two teams now. We've decided. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes so sweet, sweet yeah, yeah. We're not going to probably do 29 episodes of the American Soccer Analysis Show this year, so okay. <laughs> we want to f- get some more teams.
2: The first bin.
1: <clears throat> Are you leaving room for Simon to put that in there?
2: I am. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got <laughs> the fighting Sam Goldbergs, the New oh, York okay. Red Bull.
1: Yeah, love them.
2: Uh, who are, I believe, are top of the East on Expectable Difference right now. So we can talk about them. And the other team we've got is. Oh, baby, my Toronto
1: FC. Ooh, Okay. All right. It's going to be a very Cure and Heavy episode next week. How exciting. We like it. Uh, maybe I should come up with trivia questions for, for you. <laughs> 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 feeling, that's how you know he's feeling hard done.
0: Uh. Uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe you got Kuba <laughs> yeah, No, I actually okay. Alan I, I Cruz. Guess. Alan, Alan Cruz, Cruz is that's that's the yeah. That
2: one never, not in a thousand years would I have pulled Alan Cruz out. So, do you remember?
1: Do you remember do you, in last year's MLS Cup final when Gareth Bale rose up like and <laughs> like in, in the last moment and scored that tying goal? That's how I feel right now. I know how Philadelphia you feel right now. (laughs) I I almost said Darren Maddox. I almost said
0: Darren Maddox. Because I know Darren Maddox had about four or five goals that first year.
1: And I know he was up near the top. Three goals.
0: Kuba scored three goals and was top scorer. I mean, (laughs) 2020
1: was a different year. It's a tough year. Tough year for for our Knifey Lions. (laughs) <laughs> three three goals won.
2: and all of them were probably at Disneyland.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, that is our show. Um, I want to thank Harrison. You can find on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Kieran Doyle. You can find on Twitter that's at Kier Doyle. K i e r d o y l e. If you feel so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter. It's mostly just sarcasm these days, but it's at a handle. Uh, F o r i a n a handle for Ian. Make sure to follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. That handle is at Analysis Evolved. Uh, And visit the website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. We do have hmm, probably about a week away we'll have a pretty good article, I think, uh, that you'll want to check out. Uh, But in the meantime, we still got season previews on there. If you missed any of the NWSL season previews, those are up there now. Everyone just, man, they're killer. Our, Our WOSO guys and girls, like, Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Wonderful job from from everybody there. All all the people that worked on that. Uh, Just just very, very talented people. Very smart. Uh, Make sure to check that out. Uh, We will see you next time. And until then, enjoy the soccer.